0: This is a podcast for 1st home buyers who want to get it right. If you're suffering from analysis paralysis, can't work out who to believe, hate dealing with agents, sick of your parents telling you where you should buy, you think the market's leaving you behind, or you're just worried about
1: making a huge mistake, then you're in the right place. I'm Megan and that was Veronica. We're both buyer's agents and probably old enough to be your mum, but it's (laughs) a good thing because between us we've got over 40 years' experience to share with you. Together we're going to make sure you get unbiased and real information that you can rely on so you can get where you need to get without missing a step. This is your first home buyer guide If you'd like to know how we can help you buy
0: your first home and avoid a whole heap of nasty pitfalls, head on over to the website, homebuyeracademy.com.au, and there you'll find free checklists to download, a free mini course on how to price a property, and our where to buy tutorial for only
1: $39. Priceless stuff, really. Absolutely. But before we get into the interesting stuff in this week's episode... Here's the boring stuff, the <laughs> disclaimer. Everything we talk about on the podcast is general in nature and hasn't taken into account your personal circumstances. So it should never be considered to be personal advice. We always recommend getting the advice of a professional in their field of expertise. Now, this could be a buyer's agent, a licensed financial advisor or a mortgage broker depending on your needs. The content you're about to enjoy is correct at the time of recording, but things are changing on a daily basis. So, check with the relevant government authority or your advisors to get the most up to date information.
0: I should say, now we do record this as a video. And obviously as a podcast, so all in one, you might be listening to this and have no idea what Megan just tried to do, <laughs> or you might be watching the video and you might get it completely. But the last episode talked about the fact that this sort of the disclaimer sort of feels like the safety presentation uh, on an airplane. Not that many of us have seen many of those in late. Not lately. And Megan but was they trying pretty to... pretty creative, weren't they? They were, were, particularly on Virgin, oh, yeah. I noticed. They yeah, have a bit more sense of humor, humor on Virgin. Um, and Megan was trying to ham it up for us, for you actually, but if you're not watching, you're not really known as a no comedian. idea. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't <laughs> translate well to audio. Anyway, in this episode, we are going to be talking about the first P, or the P, I should say, in our preparation phase, which is our preparation phase in our PACE system. So the PACE system is what we've developed to help first-time buyers get through the whole process of buying a property or to the top of the mountain without falling off a glacier or getting a step wrong. And uh, the P of the PACE, so the PACE stands for preparation, action, commitment and execution and the PB preparation and we're going to talk about the three modules that we cover in the PACE course in the 10-step course that we do offer but why these things are so important to get right and get at this Point in the process to get your preparation right. I mean, it seems so obvious, but people do get it in the wrong order. or get it in the, the time. wrong order,
1: and we've had students who have told us that they have gone to make an offer on the property and they haven't even gotten, got, been, getting the finance approved. So let's let's talk about what those steps are. So the first three modules in the pace system in the preparation phase. Firstly, it is absolutely about getting your support crew right. We talk about buying a property being a little bit like um, a mountaineering climb. You know, going climbing a mountain, you have to get your basics right. You can't start you can't start at the top of the mountain, you can't even start halfway up the mountain <laughs> and you certainly can't do it without some training and without the right people around you, people who know what they're doing, not people who have climbed that mountain once. You want people that have climbed that mountain over and over and over again. They know the risks, they know the process, and they know the pitfalls. So the first thing that we talk about, and we hammer it home because you've got to do this first. You can't get in there and get started and then think, oh, I better work out how much money I can borrow. Um, But you will. (laughs) You'll need advice along the way because let's be honest. You don't know what you don't know. And that's Mm. why you're listening to this podcast, because you've at least got an understanding that there might be something out there that you don't know. And you may have got a lot of information off the internet. There is a huge amount of information for free on the internet. You can Google just about anything you like. But in terms of getting the process right and the step-by-step nature of methodically working through this, it is vital to do this step first. So you need to know who to ask. And, and also what questions to ask. Um, and as I said, we've had students that have come back to us and said, "Geez, I got this all upside down, didn't I? You know, no wonder <laughs> I didn't buy that property. Oh, geez, I could have got myself into a pickle if I'd actually <laughs> gone to auction and then found out I couldn't borrow that much.
0: Well, they had the wrong people on their crew. So, I mean, you know, basically speaking, you're going to need a mortgage broker. You're going to need a lawyer or a conveyancer. Everyone needs those two, pretty much. Everyone needs finance. Unless you've been given money, in which case... Lucky luck. you! It's <laughs> <That's> unusual. <laughs> Don't, waste it. Don't waste it. It's very unusual. Um, but most of us are borrowing money when we mm. when we buy our first property. When we buy pretty much any property, um, we're borrowing money, and we we do encourage you to use a broker rather than go directly to the bank. And there's lots of reasons for that. And and let's just one of one of them is that they can actually advise you on which bank's policies happen to be more aligned with what you offer as a customer and what you need um, at that particular time and they change all the time. So a a good broker
1: will ask you the questions about what your, what your plans are for this property. How long are you going to hold it? What sort of facilities do you want? Do you want an offset? Do you want fixed? Do you want variable? And they'll explain these things to you. Um, but it's really, it's just as equally important to ask the right people, the right questions. Yes. Now you don't go to a mortgage broker and ask how much you should pay for a property. And yet, we hear from brokers all the time. That that's what
0: exactly what buys us them all the time. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, and we get a, we get a bit riled because we know that first home buyers need help, which is why we put together your first yeah. home buyer guide, of course. However, and if you don't know where to turn, you're going to ask the people that are that seem to be helpful, and, and brokers do like you often like to help Absolutely. and they've got this access to oriented. free reports. Yeah. <laughs> and the free reports <laughs> that want to help. Do, but-
1: it's not if you've done our free mini course on how to price a property you understand how how poorly those property reports could actually guide you Mm. when the information's good but most of it isn't so you want to ask the right people the right questions um in that case you know how much would you pay for a property you may go to a buyer's agent and ask them to help you price the property it might be a small part of a bigger process that you need help with Mm. um but you also wouldn't ask a financial planner which property you should buy because often, Veronica, they might be incentivized to recommend certain styles of off-market properties that, uh, yeah. that they might be across. Their, their expertise is actually in helping build your long-term plan, not helping you choose the asset that will help you achieve that. So
0: getting the right people on your crew, knowing when you need them as well. It's like knowing, knowing when you need an accountant, certainly if you're going to be buying with the uh, you know you're considering buying the property and it's going to be an investment at some point or if you're going to be rent vesting then then getting advice from an accountant before you commit to to the site to the purchase and, and the entity and the structure and all that sort of stuff so knowing you to ask when to get them involved why you need them how to work out who's a good one these are all critical things that are very very important so that you don't end up with an advisor who. You know, on paper is a broker, for instance, but actually isn't a very good one, or gives you really poor advice because they step outside of their lane and they try to give you property advice. And unfortunately, because property is not regulated the way financial services are, there's, you know, there's a lot of people with opinions and a lot of people that do give them for free.
1: Mhm. Yep. And how and how valuable is free advice Ooh, about as but- worth as much as what you paid for it? Yes. All right. So the key point here is that you need to build your support crew and ask the right questions of the right people. So let's move on to money, Veronica, because this is a really big part of the preparation phase and should always be done up front once you understand who who your crew are um, and you need to to know, have those first discussions, don't you, with somebody to understand, well, how much can I borrow? Because an online calculator isn't going to tell you give you reliable information
0: no and, and you know what a lot of people will be thinking okay i've got to save a 10% deposit can't buy anything until i've got a 10% deposit but with the right advice different people don't need to have a 10% deposit mm. other people should have more and so this is another reason why we suggest getting a support crew ready before you sort of get to the point of actually having what you think is your deposit you know get advice around that and and also get advice around financial fitness you know we we love um The idea of learning how money works, you know, how how you increase, you know, I'm gonna throw terms at you you may have never heard before, leverage and compounding and stuff that you think, oh, what does it even mean? But it's one of the beauties around property is that if you get it right, you can borrow. And you could borrow appropriately and you can buy an asset that goes up in value really, really well. And I stress if you get it right, because you can also buy one that loses money. So getting it right and and the beauty of it in 10 years time, looking back and seeing your wealth grow and you're not only doing it for wealth creation, I know that you're doing because you want a home, but let me tell you, if you had a home and it went up in value and you felt like a bit wealthier in 10 years, you're going to feel pretty bloody good.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. If you can use if you can use that first one to help you get into the next one. And and I've just had um someone who's done that, they actually just put a contract on a property today that was successful with their offer. Uh, they didn't get the first property quite right. So they've actually ended up with no equity after five mm. years. Ouch. Um but uh, it's incomes that have helped them actually, you know, um, save enough and, and move forward. But Reflectively, they're now saying, "Well, we've got to get this asset right with this second purchase because this is the one that will help us move forward at a quicker pace."
0: Yeah, and look, this might all seem like a foreign language to you, or it might be right. You might get it, you know. And and if you get it, fantastic. Then you can sort of skip over this little bit and you go, "Yeah, I've got that sorted. I understand. I understand about lenders' mortgage insurance. I understand about the costs that I need to cover as well as the deposit. I understand how much of a percentage of the property's value I need as a deposit." You've got to know. All of those things you're gonna you're gonna understand the, the government incentives that that will help you versus actually lead you down the garden path, and we cover a lot of that in the last episode, which is episode mm. six. And you're also going to understand how to the process to go through to get pre-approval for finance, and also how to make sure that you are seen as a good a good um, prospect for the banks as a as a customer. You know, you you want lots of banks to want you as a customer, not only the um, the what do you call it the um, Third tier lenders that deal with <laughs> sus people, you know, because your interest rate can can be um positively you a lot more affected. If you're more risky. Yes, mm. you can actually have a lower interest rates if you're seen as a really good customer. So all of these things are really, really beneficial to wrap your head around and ultimately make your life easier. So we love to encourage you, and we are not money people, Mm-mm. we are not brokers, we are not financial planners. But what we do is talk about some of the basics when we do this course and we encourage you and know that there are different times when you need to get advice and to get that advice at the right stage in the process so that you absolutely don't get stuck halfway up the mountain without all the tools you need.
1: Yeah, imagine, imagine go- getting this process around the wrong way, going to auction, uh, purchasing a property under the hammer uh, uh, unconditionally and then finding out you can't actually borrow as much money as you thought that you could. So this, these mm. are the kinds of mistakes that we want to make sure that people don't make so that they go into things really well-armed and really well-informed and asking the right questions and getting the right answers and making really well, well-informed decisions before they move forward. Um, no, big, no, Big part money massive mm.
0: <laughs> it sort of seems obvious but there's so much in it that, that even makes it more interesting and, and much more important to get sorted and the thing is too that the planning phase you know, preparation oh it's so boring i much rather get out there and just see some properties and come on you know you're hold your horses my, veronica you're getting in my <laughs> way you're getting in my way but the reality is that if you actually plan before you actually get out there and look you are going to be so much more effective so hit him with phase
1: 3. Oh my goodness, step 3 in the preparation phase is my favorite. I love this. <laughs> this is where you do a whole lot of navel gazing and have some pretty hard conversations with yourself. <laughs> So, it's a reality yeah. check, isn't it? It is. Well, it's yeah, you know, we like people to throw open their their imagination and really imagine what what this first home could be. Where could I live? You know, how much could I spend on it? What will it have? And 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 all those look aspects, to you the, know, the future. Wish list you know, the wish list, and then start to look at, all right, well, wh- which one of these things, which one of these, you know, where am I going to live? How much am I going to spend? And what do I really want in the property? These are three things that people have to make compromises on. So, in this this planning phase, and, and we have a, a systematic tool that, we, that people can, um, to, can learn about and do a, a tutorial on, and that is to help them get, answer the questions, uh, answer the th- the three questions which is where what and and how much and start to challenge themselves on their compromises but also start to eliminate some of the biases that other people may have introduced into their thinking like um you know if some if your parents said you should never live in that suburb it's just not a nice suburb you wouldn't want to live there They they're out their information might be outdated their understanding of that suburb may be you know based on 30 years mm-hmm. ago when they had a coffee with some people and and saw some activities down the road that they they weren't I didn't when they were driving through because it was dangerous. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so so we often ask people to do this, this planning phase, without anyone else in their ear and actually just have conversations either with themselves or with their partner if they're buying with a partner. And, and that, that helps people move through a really systematic way of getting a clear picture of what your unique requirements are, not someone else's, not someone else's interpretation of what you should and shouldn't be doing, um, but what's unique to you. What, what do you really want out of this and what are the areas that you can look at and, and where are your compromises? It's such a powerful planning tool uh, and people have walked away from that tutorial and just gone oh wow I hadn't thought about a lot of those sorts of things this is a whole new world
0: yeah the where to buy workshop is basically what you're talking about there Megan isn't it because you know we've Mm. got this tutorial and you can go online you can go into the website and you can for 39 bucks you can get access to this and it's absolutely priceless it will save you in two hours months and months of your own time the thing about it that's interesting that what we always ask people to do is to you and your partner if you're buying together fill in a wish list separately because what happens in this planning phase is that quite often people will plan and on paper they're like, yes, I'll compromise on this and I'll compromise on that. Yeah. and, and, and I absolutely have to have a shed. <laughs> 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 well, <laughs> well, what will you compromise on in order to have that shed? And it's like it's all <laughs> academic. But until you actually start researching and actually do, getting a reality check in terms of what actually is really out there, what really are the properties selling for, what are the possibilities for my search then you're not going to effectively plan. You're still in wishful thinking phase. Mm. So you've got to get this from, from your you know your deepest desires, but then also think of the future because the future is the bit that you know so many first home buyers, let's face it, we all understand the challenge, the massive challenge is getting that deposit. And it's like some people just want to buy the minute they get enough of a deposit yeah, and they're not actually thinking about how think long. about it. Yeah. I mean, I know what I did myself when I bought my first property. I certainly wasn't thinking about the future. I moved out after a year, for God's sake. I <laughs> grew it
1: the minute I moved into it, you know. Such it's... a valuable experience to, to share with everybody else, Veronica. <laughs> 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 let's, let's share that so that they don't make the same mistake. Well, I didn't even
0: know. I didn't actually ever go and find out exactly how much I could borrow. And it didn't occur to me. And I tell you what, the more uh, so many buyers, not just first home buyers, I asked the question, "What is your bar- your maximum borrowing capacity?" Well, I don't know because I, mm. I sort of worked out what I thought I should need. And so I was like, "All right, well, let's just." Or made
1: an arbitrary decision based on a yeah. grant or a concession or yes, um, what they think is the right price range or what their parents said they shouldn't spend any more than.
0: And so then you don't actually even know what you could, what the full possibilities could be. Now, so I suspect I could have borrowed a lot more money because I had very good income and and I was so conservative that I didn't even buy one better. I bought a studio. <laughs> there were one-bedrooms in the building I'm pretty certain I could have afforded one of those. And at the time in the very next suburb, there were little cottages for not a lot more. Um, so potentially I could have been Now well, you know what you know. Yeah, I never would have had to sell the little cottage if I bought it because I would have been able to grow into it and renovate over time, et cetera, et cetera. Instead, I bought this studio that when one of my friends came to see my new home after I'd moved in and he said, show me around, and I said, stand in the corner and swivel your head. (laughs) (laughs) It was that small. And look... It did its job. I was lucky that it went up in value. I was lucky that when I moved out that people were paid, prepared to pay rent for it. I was very fortunate. And that was all luck. It was not by design because if you did the same thing today, I think you might and, and owned it for. I owned it for five years, um, I suspect you might have lost money if you did what I did now. Mm-hmm. I think the market was a bit more forgiving back then. And so, and I—that well, was I, just
1: lucky timing, really, wasn't massive, it? There's just no, luck. no design in that that, that gave you that kind of yeah. You don't want to rely on pure luck because the luck can go both
0: ways, mm. and you know people luck they luck out, um, and that's unfortunately, uh, you know, can be quite common. So the thing is with this, the planning side of things, I had no plan. I just someone said to me, "Oh, you could afford to buy a property." I went, "Oh, can I?" And off I went. <laughs> that got a was job. It. Got a deposit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I should buy. That and that's the it. thing, isn't it? You hear so many people say, well, you, you've just got to get on the property ladder. It doesn't matter what you buy, you just got yeah. to get on. And that's something that we absolutely want people to get out of their mindset. It is not about getting on the ladder. It's actually about getting the right property to get yourself on the first rung of the ladder and taking your time to make a really good decision around that. Not feeling like somebody else's fear of missing out becomes your fear of missing out and, mm. and you're, you're, you're pushed to do something that. Um, if you had better knowledge, you wouldn't actually ever do.
0: Yes, and, you know, hindsight is a great teacher, isn't it? And, um, you know, you look back and all of a sudden you see, oh, I did have all these options I had no idea were even there. Didn't
1: realise I could have bought that in that suburb. As you just said, you could have bought a cottage in the nearby suburb. I could have even just Land. waited.
0: I could have actually waited six months and 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 put myself in a slightly better situation. I mean, there were just so many other options that I had that I didn't even enter my head. Mm -hmm. I just didn't know about them. And so the planning phase is really an opportunity to open up your eyes and then you can narrow them down again. You know, you can narrow your focus once you've actually fully understood what your options are. And it is very much about focusing on the future as well as the present. And it's it's there's there's a lot in that planning for that planning phase, that's for sure.
1: I might just touch on, on one of the things that's actually in that tutorial when we talk talk through those three competing priorities, and, and that is to not start searching in an area where you're never going to find something. Oh, yes. So not understanding prices um and, and what you want and where your compromises are, if you get out there all gung ho and start talking to agents and inspecting properties and throwing out offers or going to auctions and you're constantly missing out by 10 or 15%, you've completely got the wrong brief in the wrong location. Mm. So you can spend a lot of time burning bridges, you can spend a lot of time burning yourself out because you haven't understood where where you can buy with the money that you've got and often people have set limits and and that's around their borrowing capacity um so doing this work up front actually stops the frustration of looking in the long the wrong areas or for the wrong thing for too long and 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 really missing out and particularly in a rising market if you're spending mm-hmm. a lot of time in the wrong place looking at the wrong things then what you could be buying is being bought by somebody else we don't want to rush out and make a different decision or you know throw yourself into an area that you haven't researched properly but if you do this up front before you get out and hit the pavement then you'll be in a far better position to be actually looking at things that you can buy so much more effective and, and you know I, I
0: you know you've probably had the same situation Megan when you've sat with clients who finally come to us mm. and you know at, at the longest people that well, the longest that I've had clients that were looking for were Four years mm-hmm. in that time they had to revise their budget so many times and in fact they could afford they'd actually sold so they were upgraders they'd actually at one point it looked like they, they couldn't even afford to buy their own place back the place that they'd already oh sold wow, you know what I mean so they've really they'd been rising. really yeah so I mean people get stuck and and they and costing uh, the more time it spends you spend trying to work it out and trying to catch up and and finally accepting that you are looking in the wrong spot for the wrong property, the more time that takes, the more time or the worse it gets because other properties that are the right property in the right areas, it's like they're rising in price
1: too. Yeah, and someone else is buying them. I know. They're slipping away. So we're here to help you not fall into that trap. It's a big trap though. It's very common
0: and mm. people think it must be here, it must be here, it must be here, and it's like, but it isn't. <laughs> yeah,
1: Unless you compromise on something often um, and yeah. that's, that's just conversations to have with yourself and to push push your limits around a few areas to see, you know, what if I could buy in this suburb, what am I actually going to get? What can I mm. afford? Um, And if I can't afford what I want in the suburb, what's another suburb that I can buy in? So you're having a systematic way to assess that is is really important during the planning phase and it puts you on the right path. Absolutely.
0: Now, in this episode, we've
1: covered basically a quarter
0: of our 10-step online course, but very Hmm. small, very short and sharp version of it. Now, if you would like to learn more about the process and how to buy your first property without making a mistake, then head over to the website, which is homebuyeracademy.com.au. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss an episode. And if you like what you've heard today, please give us an iTunes review, five stars, please. It'll help others to find us too.
1: Absolutely, and thank you for joining us. We hope you have found this really useful. And if you have, please share the love with others who you know are in the same boat. We'll be back next week with some more priceless stuff.